0: This is an RNZ podcast. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Your Money with me, Mary Holm. Thanks for taking just a few minutes to listen in while Jesse Mulligan and I talk through some useful ideas about how to make your money work better for you. Just remember, though, this is guidance. Final decisions are up to you. Over to Jesse.
1: Mary Holm, who joins me now. Hello there.
0: Hello, Jesse.
1: What's on your mind this week, Mary? Oh
0: been thinking about insurance actually because for a couple of reasons there's been a few emails from listeners and by the way um listener emails don't certainly don't always get answered ever but sometimes <laughs> sometimes they sit because there's way too many yeah. sometimes they sit around for quite a few months and then when there are you know two or three on one topic I put them together and you and I discussed them. So people shouldn't sort of just give up if they haven't.
1: Yeah, and nor should they email you like, Dear Mary, my house is on fire. How should I put it out?
0: Probably not. (laughs) And i would be saying they should have insurance, which is actually the topic for today. (laughs) The other thing that's happened is the Financial Services Council a little while ago did a survey on insurance. And so through this session, I want to mention a couple of the Results from that survey because they're quite interesting and in some cases quite worrying.
1: Yeah. Um, Can I ask you, um, in good faith, Mary, uh, do you find insurance a bit boring?
0: Yeah, I do. And although, as I said in my book that's out there called the one called Rich Enough, just to get a wee plug in, mm. I say at the front of the chapter that talks partly about insurance that it's not actually as boring as you think. Uh, I think I think the feeling that it's boring is partly because you get pages and pages of small print and and that's often anything but boring if you find it doesn't actually cover what you hoped it would cover. And I'm very annoyed with the insurance companies about that. It's not okay for them to wriggle out of something on the basis of something that's in sort of 8-point type mm. or something. Um, it's really... But, but there are a lot of... Um, there, were, there were quite a few websites that do reviews on what insurance has worked out well for people and you know which companies are good at it, etc. Um, and I'm sure Consumer, for example, uh, New Zealand has got um, information on which, which insurance companies have, have come out well. So... I, it's not a good idea for people to say, oh, I won't bother to insure because insurance companies go around and rip everybody off and it's not worth doing. Because most of the time, you do they do pay up. It's the, it's the ones when they don't that we hear about. Yeah. But Personally, I've found them pretty good, surprisingly good at times when I've made claims of you.
1: Never, never made a claim, Mary.
0: Really? You yeah. haven't ever had... Some other driver, when it was hundred percent their fault, drive into you, or
1: no? I've been lucky, I suppose.
0: You sure have. Mm. Yes, yes, I've had a, a few little a flood in the house that, and where there was a five hundred dollar deductible for damage to the house, and another five hundred dollar deductible for damage to items in the house. But the insurance company came across and said, "We'll only make one deductible." In other words, I had to pay only one lot of five hundred, whereas I thought. I would have to pay two, one for the house and one for the furniture, you know, um, and that was really a pleasant surprise. And and I think that sort of experience is not actually that uncommon for people.
1: Yeah, I guess the other the other thing, reason. I don't know if this is a boring reason, but it it feels like money that's going, just going right, and you're not getting any tangible benefit yes. from it, uh, and it's, it's quite hard to pay that money on a regular basis and yeah. you kind of wonder, why am I
0: doing this? Absolutely. But but as I think I've said to you before, uh, you, if you actually keep paying insurance premiums and you're not making any claims, you're the lucky one, even though you've, you might feel as though you're being ripped off because yeah. um, you're getting nothing for your money. What, one thing you definitely are getting is peace of mind. And you know, every time you hear that someone else is Roof has been torn off in a tornado, or I mean, all sorts of things happen to people. Um, you you know, you probably take a little bit of comfort in knowing that you have got insurance cover yeah. for that. But but the ones who claim I maintain are the unlucky ones yeah. actually, because they they might they will get more back from the insurance company than they put in. Um, but they've had to contend with all sorts of horrible things happening. I mean,
1: to that I'd say the really lucky ones are the ones who didn't pay and didn't have to have anything happen to them, but you can't really
0: <laughs> rely
1: on you being one of those,
0: can you? No, no. They're, no they're, well, a lot of New Zealanders do. In other, in other words, they go around uninsured. Mm. And... And they are really lucky, yes, if nothing bad ever happens to them. But it's, it's probably rare for someone to go through life with, you know, no damage to their car or their house or their furniture or um, a period out of work or serious illness or um, ultimately dying. I mean, that happens to
1: everyone. Yes, that can be a bit unlucky. So what does this survey say then?
0: Well, well one of the main findings was they said... Um, of New Zealanders said they were at high risk of having a major financial problem if a serious event happened to them or their family. So that's just over a quarter, um, which is maybe not too bad, but then another 36% said they're at moderate risk, and so we've got nearly two-thirds of New Zealanders saying they're at high or moderate risk of having a major financial problem if something goes wrong. Interestingly enough, those who reported they were at low or no risk were most likely to be under 24 or over 65. And I imagine the under 24s, a lot of them haven't got a lot of stuff except perhaps a car, quite often a car but not always, Um, and perhaps they're in a flat. and You can, by the way, get insurance for the contents of a flat, um, your possessions, even though you don't own the house. But they probably tend not to have a lot to lose. And over 65, I suppose, maybe if people get older, they get more cautious. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, although, so basically you're saying if you're over 65, you don't feel that you're at major financial that's risk. Right. But I guess that's because you have assets, income via the pension and so yes. even if you had an accident you you would your income wouldn't be affected
0: That's definitely part of it as far as loss of income goes and a lot of them have got, um, they haven't got huge big debt, they've got perhaps a mortgage free house if they're lucky and so they're not, obviously they'd still be in terrible shape if, if the house burnt down but they haven't also got a debt I mean the worst thing is if you have a house with A sizable mortgage and the house burns down not only are you left with no house but you also still owe the bank a whole lot of money. Terrible situation Mm. to get into. But but nonetheless there are a lot of people who are underinsured and so I wanted to look at three different types of insurance today. One is loss of income, one is um, life insurance and one is health insurance partly because we've had emails from some listeners about them yeah okay Um, on the loss of income just to say in the survey um 37 percent so more than a third said they've got enough savings to cover mortgage or rent if they're off work for three months or more um so that more than a third say they're okay but there's still nearly two-thirds who are not okay and 20 percent are strongly not okay um
1: well, we heard from Heather. She's in her mid-50s. Yes. She says she intends to work in a paid capacity for another 13 to 15 years. Her house has just become mortgage-free. Well done, Heather. And she's in KiwiSaver. Should I have some sort of insurance if I'm unable to work, she asks. I've looked at various products. They're expensive now and will only get more expensive each year. Is there any type of cover you'd suggest I, um, suggest that I can, can, that I consider? For example, cover for a serious illness or am I better maximising my savings instead?
0: What a good question. Yes, it is. And I would say, no, I don't think Heather's better off just maximising her savings because people quite often say that, I'm going to self-insure, I'll just save a lot of Mm. money and cover myself. And that's great if if the problem happens 30 years down the track, but, you know, it might happen next week and you set off on your self-insurance and so far you've got $100 in the account. You know, it's not a very safe way to do it. Um, Heather's quite right that, that premiums for loss of income insurance will rise as you get older because you're just more likely to have health problems. But I still think it's a good idea to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... You should. Most people should probably just get it if they're off work for three months or more, um, because the premiums are much lower than if you're off work for only one month or, or, or so. And because a lot, you know, and if you can, if you reckon you could manage for up to three months it's best, just to pay those lower premiums. Um, the other thing about that insurance is that it it either covers you until you turn sixty-five, at which point uh, New Zealand Super steps in or sometimes it covers you for a shorter period than that, you know, through your life. So if you've got a serious illness now, and, and Heather's in her mid-50s, um, she might, the cover might only last for five years, and she's got to think about whether, okay, when she turns 60-ish, can she then manage on other money. So you've got to have a close look at that. The other point about loss of income insurance is that uh, sometimes... Companies, your employer will pay you, they certainly will in nearly every case, I think, if you're sick for a short period. So, a good idea to ask your boss if I got a serious illness and I was off work for it, one month, two months, would my pay continue? Because that's an important question, of course. Mm. Yeah,
1: and you might be surprised that they you know, if you're a valued employee they might be willing to sort of bend the rules a bit I've certainly, I know of a guy recently who's had some bad news um, with a with a brain tumour and uh, he was like shocked really at how generous his employer was he'd been with them for a few years and they yeah. said you know, just take as long as you need and we'll look forward to you getting back here when you're well again and you know, it was a, it was actually a, a pretty heartwarming moment and a, and a tragic time
0: Yeah, that that's a lovely story to hear, and it's probably not that uncommon. If if they value you, they want to keep you, and they want your workmates to know that you're being looked after too. I think it sort of creates goodwill in the whole workplace, really. Mm. Yeah.
1: Okay, here's one on health insurance from Martin. When our family came back from overseas 20 years ago, we bought medical cover for the first year. Every time we tried to claim, we were excluded for a variety of reasons. So we went to see our GP, and he said that for people who are young and healthy, the state system is sufficient to cover most accidents and emergencies. So we stopped the cover, and since then, despite three major health scares, we've found frontline care in New Zealand to be generally excellent. Most of my generation are now getting age-related conditions, but having to withdraw due to soaring premiums, and not everyone gets covered by work. But bit of an
0: observation from Martin. Yes. Interesting. He, um, and when he says most of them are getting, now are getting age-related conditions but having to withdraw, <coughs> excuse me, I assume he means withdraw from health insurance. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. So a couple of points about that. Um, firstly, similar to loss of income insurance, check what sort of health insurance work covers. Some workplaces give you some coverage, and it's a good idea to note that, but be aware if you change jobs. You know, it's easy to think, oh, I'm okay, and forget that it's you're okay because of because of your boss's coverage If when you move jobs. Um, another point, too, about where he says they w- made some claims when they first came back to New Zealand and were excluded for a variety of reasons. Um, once again, I suggest people check... Different websites get reviews. If you googled something like review insurance, I think you'd find a few websites where you're getting information on how many people have had problems with with the different insurance companies. Um, but frontline care is often impressive. He he has said, we don't you know don't feel the family really needs help because when we've had major scares, we've been covered. And I think in New Zealand it's true. We we don't leave people lying out in the streets um, injured, asking if they've got health insurance, and if not, leaving them there. Um, And I so I think you know in emergencies the care is generally regarded as pretty good in New Zealand, and a lot of the top medical specialists work in the public system as well as in the private system, and so it's not as if you're getting inferior care from people. But I but I hear more and more stories about people who have got longer-term care. They don't always get as fast as they'd like. There's lots in the media about people um, developing problems with cancer who it takes quite a long time for them to get on to treatment, and that would be a terrible situation to be in. Um, And also, if you want non-life-threatening operations such as hip replacements and knee replacements, you can wait a long, long time and... I've known a few friends who, where it's just, it makes their life so much better when they get the hip or knee replacement. You don't want to be hobbling around in the meantime, waiting to go in the public system. So, for older people in particular, the health insurance and premium premiums go up really fast. I know it's it's, it's awful, but they do that for a very good reason because older people you know, spend more on their health. They have a lot more problems. And so I would recommend that people, you know, if you have to sacrifice other things in order to keep that health insurance going, I think it's a really good idea for peace of mind. You don't want when things go wrong with your health to suddenly find you're in financial trouble as well at the same time. Awful.
1: What did the survey have to say about life insurance?
0: They said um, that only 20% The people had worked out what the financial impact on their household would be if they died, and that's shockingly low. Um, So, 80% haven't. Mm. And I really recommend people just sit down and have a think about where everyone else in the family would be if they died tomorrow, because as we all know, it can happen, you know, usually not, but um, it can happen, and it applies to if if you've got someone who's not in in the paid workforce but they're at home looking after the children yeah. or looking after elderly people they if they died or actually became um impaired because you can get insurance that also covers disabilities as well as death then the family would probably have to find someone else to look to do the looking after of the little children or the elderly people and that would cost money so it's really good to get, to get that coverage.
1: Yeah, Martin reckons he's sussed. He said, when the mortgage finally disappeared last year, I stopped my life insurance policy because of soaring premiums and transferred those payments to my KiwiSaver, which is now hopefully enough for my wife if I shuffle off the coil earlier than my preference.
0: Yes, and he's, you know, he said that the, the mortgage has disappeared and that really is... The, the two things that most commonly should trigger people to think about life insurance are getting a mortgage... And paying off a mortgage, you know, obviously when you get the mortgage, you need to up the insurance to to cover that mm. if you die. And once you've paid it off, you suddenly you're you're a whole lot freer. And the other is um, when you add children to the family, or when children are no longer dependent on you, or any other dependents for that matter. Such as elderly people who might be living with you, or whatever. Um, When those are added to the family, you're going to need more insurance. And when they're no longer in the household, you don't. Um, But so so Martin might be okay if he if he's got you know got to the end of the insurance, um, then got to the end of the mortgage. Sorry, then that probably is a time when he can review his situation. And if he's got enough in KiwiSaver to cover his his wife, and make her enable her to live comfortably, and there are no other dependents. Well, yes, why not stop your insurance at that point?
1: Okay, but Jane says, in another email, and by the way, if you've just tuned in, I'm talking to personal finance expert Mary Holm. Um, Jane says, My husband wants to pay off our children's student loans for them and set up a life insurance scheme, but I feel we're better to help them in other ways, like KiwiSaver or property. Who is right?
0: Yeah, and, and just briefly, I mean, you could do a whole session on this, but paying off student loans is an interesting one. I mean, I say pay them off only slowly because they're interest-free, only as fast as you have to. Someone tackled me on that recently and said that, Mary, that's not ethical for you to be saying that to people. The, the taxpayers lent them money. And so, look, I'm open to that discussion, and each person's got to decide that for themselves. Um, but but the idea of this in this case the husband's also talking about getting the children life insurance, and I, he's probably very well motivated. But it's quite possible if they're younger and they don't have children of their own that they don't need a lot of life insurance. You know, in in that situation, if they die, terrible though it might be, there might not be anybody who's in financial trouble because they died. And so, I would wait until they are in the situation where they've got dependence on them. <clears throat> and instead, I think the, the woman's idea, Jane's idea of getting into Kiwi favour or property <clears throat> is a good one.
1: Jane, you win this round. You do. How often are you asked to be an arbiter in marital disputes, Mary?
0: <laughs> um, look, it happens in my Herald column quite often, really, and I'm always a wee bit wary about it. But so
1: You don't always go for the woman, do you?
0: Absolutely not. No, no, don't mean to no.
1: uh, impeach your neutrality there.
0: Yes, there are a couple of just quick points. if we yeah, got time for them or of not? Course. Just about insurance on the health insurance. Um, if you find your premiums are pretty high, it's quite a good idea to just get coverage for surgery only rather than GP visits. Yeah, and that that you'll find your premiums are a lot lower then, and that means you've got cover when big bad things happen. And you can kind of self-insure for the GP visits. You know, Every time you go, you can say to yourself, well, I do have to pay for the GP visit now, but I didn't have to pay such high premiums on my insurance. So that's one way to sort of handle the high premiums, especially as you get older. And the other point about life insurance, there was a story in the Herald recently about, about a, a guy in his 90s who had cover for only if he died in an accident and he fell... And as a consequence of that, he ended up in hospital and died, you know, some weeks later, I think, from pneumonia. And they wouldn't cover it because they said he died not from an accident, but from <clears throat> sorry, froggy throat, but from the pneumonia. Um, so, and that's the kind of thing that can happen. And with accident insurance, accidental death insurance, and in any case, very few people act, actually die from accidents. If you think about the people you know, the vast majority of people. Don't die from accidents. And that's why accident death insurance is very cheap. And people think, oh, you know, I won't get full life insurance. I'll just get insurance for accidental death. Not a good idea. It's, if, if you're dead, you're just as dead whether you die <laughs> from an illness or an accident. And, you know, the, the, the family's got to cover the costs in just the same way.
1: Thank you, Mary. And the other thing that I learned from you that it's a good tip is um, that if you're prepared to pay the first few hundred dollars or a thousand dollars of your health care yourself, you can get a lower premium as well, right?
0: Absolutely. And that applies to, to, to insurance of cars, houses, um, property, and all of that. If you sort prepared, of
1: best of both ways, isn't it?
0: Yes, it is. If you're prepared to pay the first whatever, then the premiums are a lot lower. And that's where you do self-insure. If you've got a bit of money in your rainy day fund that can cover those first few hundred dollars, then your premiums are going to be much lower. That's a good deal, really.
1: Mary Holm, and if you came in late or you would like to look up Mary's thoughts on any other financial topic, you can find her on our website, rnz.co.nz. Head to the podcast page and you'll find a list of topics. Great to chat with you, Mary. Thanks Mary, so much.
0: See see. Bye.